This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about the second best team in the East because there's a lot of parity in the East. There's a lot of guys trying to voy. Not voy. That's not a fucking word. Volley. Vi. Is that what you're looking for? Vi. Vi. Vi for the second spot in the Easter Conference. We're, we're trying to go t- on the upcline. We're also going to try and go on the upcline. <laughs> I've, I've been hanging out with Ricky too much. Uh, but yeah, we're we're going to be talking about the second best team in the East. A lot of guys vying for that position. We're also going to be talking about DeMarcus Cousins. When will he be traded and possibly where he will be traded, but mostly when will he be traded and then also if he will be traded. And then finally, we're going to be talking about should college players really be going away from the one and done uh, and we'll be using examples from the NBA and, and seeing if that is kind of an outdated system. We've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but more This recent of, draft class kind of proven some points, maybe. Yeah, this, this recent draft class has been proving some points and let's jump right into it and so far NBA season's been fantastic Loving I, I, think, it. I think we could say that and there's a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference and we know the Cavs are the best team in the East and whether the standings really say it or not they are the best team in the East because yep. Le- LeBron James is coasting test. and yeah. he, he even said uh, that he's going to stop playing over 36 minutes a game after the All-Star break to kind of take a break so LeBron can afford to take a break. I don't know if these other teams can really take afford to take a break here. Yeah, I mean, not every team has, you know, a sharpshooter like Kyrie Irving who can literally run the team on his own to a decent success. And then who you got Caleb, who's playing yeah. up this year to his old potential, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, and Tristan Thompson, obviously, as well. you got J.R. Smith, who never they're puts just, a shirt on. They're just stacked. Yeah, Cavs are stacked. And, and then we're going to really talk about the, the, the second-best team in the East because it was Toronto last year. We kind of shit on Toronto this year. Just a little uh, bit. But, but they've been proving us wrong. And we'll we'll admit to it. We'll be the first ones to admit when we're wrong. We'll yep. also be the first ones to admit when we're right as well. Uh, but we'll be talking about who's the second best team in the East. And let's throw it out here because Ricky, I know you got a dog in the race now. You got the Bulls in the race here. But who, who's your, the second best team in the Eastern Conference in your mind? Well, it's got to be the Orlando Magic, right? Yeah, is that, who, wow. is that who we're going with? The Orlando Magic, oh, second wait. best in the East. Are we talking about when? Second best in the East. Are we talking about pointing out when I'm right? Uh, because <laughs> yeah, I said they're going, going to be the worst <laughs> offensive team in the league, and hey, shocker, they are averaging 92 points per game. But on a serious note, I mean, the Magic aren't serious; they're a fucking joke. <laughs> and I love how you, you you kind of throw it out there. Hey, Ricky, fans? you Bulls, you got the dog in the race. The thing with the Bulls that I'm worried about is, uh, are we going to keep this up all year? Is this going to be? Is a, this sustainable? Is this like, oh, this is a hot start, or is, hey, this is what this team is supposed to look like now that it's Jimmy's team and we don't have anything to worry about? Oh, is it Derrick Rose? Mm-hmm. Is it Jimmy Butler? Another team that I was kind of thinking, the two teams that intrigue me the most in this discussion, the Hawks and the Bulls, because they have similar things going on. Last year, interesting. the point guard for the Hawks, it wasn't the same as the Bulls. The Bulls were an entire team. Is it Jimmy's team? Is it Derek's team? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, everything we were talking about last year with the Hawks is, oh, who's the point guard do you use moving forward? Is it Teague or is it Schroeder? And, I mean, looking at the Hawks, looks like they made the right choice getting Schroeder, who his assist numbers at six per game. And Dwight Howard coming in, the big thing we kept saying about him is he's a big guy. You got to mm-hmm. feed him the ball. He's going to rejuvenate himself. He, well, he doesn't need to do too much with this Hawks team. So they're up playing really well. The Bulls, Jimmy Butler's playing well. Now he doesn't have to worry about Derrick Rose there with a veteran presence like D. Wade next to him. I think with me, it's either the Hawks or the Bulls or the second team in the the East, and I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. I'll leave you guys in suspense. Oh, come on. You can't pick a team? I'll wait till the end. He's riding the fence. He he wants to hear our argument. Dave, Dave, who's who's uh, at least in the running? Obviously, I think we got four teams in the running here. Yeah, I I think in your mind, a little level of disrespect to not mention last year's, you know. Top team in the East, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Raptors uh, coming, coming from the man. A uh, little, little disrespect from the man who had. I, them. I only disrespect a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. The Raptors I, are I'm obviously. I'm quoting there. here, but this is, might be a paraphrase. All right, where right. you said in our predictions, "fuck the Raptors." Yes, <laughs> that's a direct quote. Some fans may have repeated that a couple times too. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Uh, yeah, well, fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, the Raptors are good. Demar Derozan's playing out of his, out of the world right now. Like the MJ comparisons are fantastic. Playing out of the country, too. Yeah, that, too. Because they're in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Good joke, Sean. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dad Jokes. Uh, (laughs) 
but at the same time, you know, a team who's quietly been playing well is the Charlotte Hornets. So I don't think you can rule them out yet because they are doing quite well in their own right. But no, I think this really, it's a four-team race right now. Toronto is being carried by DeMar DeRozan. He's laying it down. I talked about a little bit of Kyle Lowry kind of taking that back seat. He's not having a terrible year, but compared to last year, it's definitely a notch down. Mm-hmm. He's still able and willing. Uh, they're seeing some good productivity out of some of the role players this year. So, like, Toronto's doing very well. Can't I can't argue with that. My big thing is I want to get a I'm right about Atlanta because I talked about how Dwight Howard would be mm-hmm. playing happier, playing healthier, and playing his own role on this Hawks team because that's he didn't get to do that on the Rockets. Mm. James Harden or was the calling Lakers. the shots. The Lakers, well, that was under that was the shadow of, of Kobe, and yeah. he just he just couldn't handle it mentally. I think he wasn't mm-hmm. a mature enough guy at that time in his career to be able to fill that role for the mm-hmm. Lakers. So he comes into this Atlanta team, and he's like, hey, I'll get you boards, I'll play rough in the paint, and I don't have to be the guy who throws down 25 a night, but if you need me to, I can. So I, I think that his... Him coming to the Hawks has been one of the best off-season pickups during this last off-season entirely. One I mean, thing, outside of KD. Yeah, and one thing we say for it's a four-team race. We're talking about the Hawks, Hornets, Bulls, and Raptors. And, and again, it's early on in the season, so we're not writing off teams like the Celtics, Pistons, Pacers. No, but we I mean, can write we're, we're pretty sure the Celtics teams. like aren't going to trade their uh, draft rights. You know, the, the swap for the Nets pick. Like, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they're going to keep their own because they're going to be the worst team in <laughs> the, the Nets. Yeah, sure. Let's just say it. Dave, you feeling okay? Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, I'm just trying to make fans <laughs> angry. I don't know about that, but that's but, all Dave is. But, which which fan base can he piss off this? But week? one that's thing, what Dave's going for is I, I believe in my in my predictions, I had the Celtics at the second best team, and, mm-hmm. and what we've seen yeah. from the Celtics is a lack of defense, and, and that's something that's kind of worrying and me. Lack of rebounds and, and a lack of rebounds, and, and it's really shocking because you bring in a guy like Al Horford, you think those numbers go up, and, and that's one thing with the Celtics that you haven't seen is really that those players come together and that team really come together. Together, everybody. Bradley's been playing fantastic, but really we haven't seen the Celtics of last year. And another team that I was high on was the Pistons. And one thing that I do want to say about them is they're six and seven right now, and they're five and zero oh at home, one and seven on the road. But, but <laughs> one thing with, with the Pistons though is they're not playing with Reggie Jackson. And you're talking about a guy who is a fantastic mm-hmm. playmaker, can you know really find Andre Drummond, can find Tobias Harris, and, and, and can score himself. And, and I'm not trying to put down your boy Ish here; he's still got six assists a game. But he's not bad. But he's not Reggie. He's not Reggie. And, and that's one thing too, where the Pistons are going to take a jump a, a, at some point. And I feel like that jump's going to come when you get a catalyst like Reggie Jackson. But or Reggie, yeah, Reggie Jackson. I, just, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm, I'm going out of my mind. But, but what I'm trying to say is, I think the Pistons can be a team that can jump back in there. And if a team's going to fall out, hate to say it, Ricky, I think it's the Bulls just because. See, I don't think so. Well, I'm saying just because I, I think they've been playing absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I've been completely wrong about them. I'll be the first to admit it. But. The thing is, is that you're relying heavily on D Wade, and we know that if there's going to be a team that can go out because of injuries, you got to say it's the Bulls out of every team. Yeah, but this is the one thing that I'm looking at is if it's any out of the top four, I'm going off of really the top five teams in the East right now because those are the ones at this point who have mm-hmm. winning records in the East. I know Boston, you're at six and six, but the thing that I look at is the Cavs are obviously going to be at the top. The very good chance, like the Hawks and Bulls, are interesting because they're the two out of these five that added pieces. Like we we could say, like, oh, look at the Pacers. We kind of overhyped them. They added so many new pieces. They need like the Seanism of the day. They need time to gel. They do need time to they gel. They do. So we can't just, we can't write like them off saying, yet. Yeah, yeah, I just like saying that because you. That's like time your to gel. your phrase. Time to gel, which they do. The Pistons, I they're just to me, they're not that experienced team like the Cavs. That's why they are. The Celtics are kind of like the Pistons. They need a little time to gel with Al Horford, with I, Isaiah I think they're Thomas. They're still looking for a piece, to be honest. Yeah, and that's why we everyone has them in like trade talks for Boogie or if anybody comes up with Blake Griffin. We have them in this talk because they need that piece. But when I look at the top five. When I look at the Hornets, the Cavs, and the Raptors, really what changed with those those teams? Those were the ones that kept their core. Obviously, the Cavs, it's easy to keep your core when you're the defending champions mm. and have Caleb, Kyrie, J.R. Smith, and LeBron, but they were the ones that kept it. The Bulls and the Hawks, like the Hawks, 
they kept their core, but then just added Dwight Howard. I mean, yeah, well, they got rid of Teague, but and they like, got rid of Horford. Yeah, yep. but I mean, adding that's adding the Dwight Howard, and you still kept Millsap, you still kept Schroeder, you still have uh, Kent Bazemore, hot sauce. Whereas <laughs> and Cal Corver, whereas the Bulls, they really got rid of all the trash, like Derrick Rose, and I call like I hate calling Joakim Noah trash, but because of the injury, because he wasn't playing for us. Kind of was like you can't really do anything when you're not on mm-hmm. the court, and then you add in. I know Mike Rankin hates him, but you add in Rajon Rondo, who is a veteran, and you add He's in D Wade, who is a veteran. You add in veteran leadership and two veterans who don't really care if it's their team. They fuck it, it's Jimmy's team, and really helping the young guys. That's why those two teams, the Hawks and the Bulls, are up there. But you look at the other three, very consistent from last year. Yeah, they made minor tweaks. But they're still the same team overall. Again, with the Bulls, I'm not trying to write off it because it, I, I think I, I you just say, want you want to be right. I could, okay. say, I could say that I was I was wrong, but but what I'm saying is I don't think they can be the second best team in the East because of the injuries. I mean, we've even seen Rajon Rondo go down already. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's already missed two games. Yeah, but Grant has been doing great, Phil, and well, that's what the Bulls need. If somebody goes down, like if a D-Wade goes down, Valentine or Dougie need to step but up. But those guys if can't Rondo replace down, what D-Wade does from a not, leadership Yeah, they're not the same, but he can still be that leader off the bench. He can still lead, be that leader but, on the bench. But you even saw it in the, in the game against the Jazz where these guys kind of stopped playing defense near the end of the game. And this is what Mike Rankin was telling me because mm-hmm. uh, I, I forget what we were recording previews. Yeah. Uh, but what, 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 what Rankin saw was that you know they kind of stopped slack, playing defense. They were slacking on defense a little bit. And Dwayne Wade was like, all right, guys, this is what we worked on in practice. Let's go. Let's do what we were doing in practice. We need to wake up. We can't let this slip because it was a really sloppy game between mm-hmm. the Jazz yeah. and, and the Bulls. And that's one thing where it's it's different when you're on the bench and it's different when you're actually on the court. And, and yeah, D-Wade how many, can be an on-court general. How many times have we seen those players in the game, the veteran players who – and this is all hearsay because who knows if D-Wade's going to get injured. Maybe he pulls a Sam Bradford no, but what and I'm, what I'm maybe saying, he doesn't. But what, what, I'm, saying I, what it, I'm trying to say what is I'm saying, how many, I'm joining this. I'm better. How many times have we seen a player like on the bench during a timeout – Hey guys, come on! This is what we're doing the same thing. You can, yeah, but on the bench. And I think D Wade. It doesn't matter if he's playing or if he's on the bench. He's still going to have that role and that influence over the young players. Look, you're talking about intangibles right now. Let's mm-hmm. talk about things that actually contribute. Having a team where you have two stud players who, at any given time, can go can and go win off. you a game, just flat out win you a game. That's something that not every team has. Mm-hmm. Having the capability of D Wade, who is a perennial All Star, who's a little past his prime, no one's going to deny that, mm-hmm. but still can just absolutely kill it any given night. Then you have you have Jimmy, who has been playing statistically one of the best years of his career, and just killing it. I mean, there there is there there's not a lot of teams who can do that. So having those two, I don't know if it means they're going to finish second, but when it comes to playoff time, if the Bulls are in it. That, that makes them one of the most dangerous See, teams in the playoffs. And the team, to me, that's the most interesting. I know you said, Sean, mm-hmm. that, hey, the Bulls could be the one to fall out. Early on, and I could be wrong about this, only time will tell, I think it's the Hornets. And the reason why is I look at their schedule so far, and you look at their first one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to go seven games. Their first seven games didn't play the hardest schedule. They played the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, who haven't been that good, the Sixers, the Nets, the Pacers. Their really big, tough game in that seven games has been the Jazz. Yeah, they win that one, but then you lose to the Celtics, so they kind of weigh each other out. Ever since those first seven, you play Toronto, you lose. You play Cleveland, of course you lose. Yeah, you beat the Timberwolves. Yeah, you get a good key win against the Hawks today as we're recording this podcast, but... To me, as the season goes on, I think the Hornets are going to be a team where they are going to play down to some opponents and lose some games. And if they want to win games, they're going to have to have ones like tonight where, yeah, you beat the Hawks, but you beat them by four points, and it's a tough game. They're going to be grinders all year, and they're going to be worn out. Well, let me ask you one thing. Who have the Bulls beat at all? I mean, they've played similar schedules, the Hornets and the Bulls. The one thing that I'm saying, though, is the reason why I say the Bulls will be the second-best team in the East is 
mm-hmm. is because you have the possibility of Dwayne Wade being injured. And, you know, it, it's tough to say that a guy who's 36 years old, who has so many knee problems, is going to be that guy that you can mm-hmm. rely on consistently. I'm not saying that this team is bad. This and, team, when yeah. healthy, has been fantastic. The and I'm not, thing I'm not is ter- take that away from him. That he's still playing like 29 minutes a night, mm-hmm. and their dependence on the bench, I think they could be. I, think they could lean heavier on the bench and they haven't so i don't know if that's a coaching decision or if that's Dwayne wade trying to go out and prove a point that hey i can still go i got mm-hmm. minutes we're fine my knees are good and one thing too that uh, rankins mentioned is that he's, he's kind of down on bobby portis but bobby portis has not been playing that many minutes he's been playing that's, around 10 minutes per yeah. game between I bobby think, denzel a think, lot of the guys on the bench who have a lot to prove still having maybe had that chance to shine i think with that bobby minutes, portis thing can change if we trade taj yeah, but Taj has been playing fantastic. No, I know. And the way this, this and team's do you been want going, to trade him if you're going to be yeah. a top contender? And it's all going to depend on, by the trade deadline, do we trade him because we think it's going to be in our paw situation. And one thing, too, just with, with, with Bobby, is that if you see increased minutes, you might see better play from mm-hmm. him. But but let's move on from the Bulls but and really kind of get to the answer of this question. And it's who is the second-best team in the East and really who will be the second-best team in the East when this is all said and done. And you brought up, you know, you have two guys that can win you games Mm -hmm. in Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. My hesitance there is that, you know, one of those guys might not be there on a consistent basis in D. Wade if he does get hurt. With Charlotte, you have one guy who has a killer instinct in Kemba Walker. He's been doing it, He's We've obviously been seeing his his ability to do that. But, again, you don't have that second guy to rely on uh, from a scoring standpoint. With the Hawks, Paul Millsap's great. Dennis Schroeder is a good facilitator. Dwight Howard is, is, I don't know if he's a clutch scorer. There's there's good players on the team. But I don't Dwight know if you have a Howard clutch, doesn't need to be a clutch scorer. If you have a clutch scorer. But I'm just saying, you don't have clutch scorers on that team. He doesn't need to be, but you don't have a clutch scorer on that team. But you don't really, have a guy that, I'm going to give the ball in my hands, this guy's going to score. Well, and that's My point is, is that Toronto has that. Kyle Lowry, Lowry proved that last year in that Cleveland game where he hits that big game winner. DeMar DeRozan has been proving that he can be a clutch scorer. That's why I lean towards the Toronto Raptors in saying that they will be the second-best team in the East. I'm not going to disagree there. To me, I have three teams that I'll rank in order that could be the second (laughs) one. The first one I really think is the Hawks. And the main reason I think like that right now is to me looking— I know it's early in the season, but looking right now, they are the most complete team when it comes to scoring. I know you say, like, oh, they don't have that guy with the killer instinct to go and take over a game— but yeah, when you have five players in double digits, they kind of have the mentality of whoever's got the shot is going to take it, and they're going to be confident in that. That's been a Atlanta Hawk kind of philosophy for the past few years. I don't disagree, however, but the Hawks haven't won a championship. However, the, the thing Hawks that I look far. at is I think it's going to be the Hawks. I think they have, to me, the best overall team right now, but the Raptors are right in second because A. DeMar is playing out well, of his third. mind. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's yeah, the race for second is, place. Yeah, this, this is the race, race for second. Place. Second in the race for second. Yeah. But he's got a Robin and Kyle Lowry. And the third team in this is, I say, the Bulls. Because Jimmy Butler is to the Bulls what DeMar DeRozan is to the Raptors. And D. Wade could be as Kyle Lowry. So you're writing off the Hornets. I am writing off the Hornets. I think at the yeah, end I mean, they'll be a playoff team, but maybe like six. Kemba is phenomenal. No one could take anything away. It's just, yeah, I, on his mm-hmm. own, like you look around, you look at Nick, you look at Frank. And you don't see that guy who's going to come in there and give you the chance to win games nightly. Like, we talked about MK, MKG coming in and being, like, really good. But then he's 8-8 eight and eight right now. He's not doing terrible. He's not doing great. He's just filling a role. And mm-hmm. I, I wish that he was playing better. I wish that my hype for him, you know, lived out. But it's not the case. And this is a team where I'm just kind of looking. And I think we all are. We're looking for that guy who can step up. And, I mean, Kaminsky is the only guy who has a chance, but he's playing with the second unit, which gives him... I mean, it's a smart move by them. It spreads out their scoring a little more, but he really needs to pick it up even more if they want to compete. That's why I, I, I'm going... Oh, I hate saying it. Cause I Real quick with the Hornets, Marvin Williams yeah. also hasn't been playing up 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 to where he was right. uh, near the end of the season, so we might see ch- some changes. But mm-hmm. but I, but I agree. Like the Hornets, you have Kemba, heavy. Hawks are a complete team, but I don't know if that team can go somewhere... Toronto obviously has DeMar DeRozan, who's one of the best scorers right now in the NBA, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Lowry I, with I'm him. I'm honestly in a toss-up between Chicago and Toronto for that number two spot because I'm with you. I think Atlanta is a complete team, but you know what? Complete teams don't – well, that's fair. No, no, no. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm thinking this through my head, and I'm like, complete teams are usually good in the regular season because they have, a very, deep bench. Yeah, right. they have mm-hmm. a very deep bench and they're consistent play. 
when we talk about you know playoffs and dangerous, mm-hmm. Toronto and Chicago and definitely. The so thing for Atlanta though, I'm going Atlanta. I want to throw in there when it comes to playoff time, that's where Dwight is going to be the major key. To quote DJ Collins, the major key for that team is because he's the one on that team that's had the big playoff experience. He's gone to a finals. He's gone far in the NBA playoffs. He's got to be that leader when I they mean, get to the twice. playoffs. Mm-hmm. He, he literally played like you know four on the perimeter and just passed the ball in. I'm just saying. It's a fun offense. Toronto was there last year. Toronto was there last year. Yeah. They, were, they were consistently proving that they were there last year. And we said that they didn't improve, but also to Toronto Raptors fans' points, they also didn't get that much worse. And, and they, they, DeMar and improved they, his own game. And, like, they yeah. didn't add and new pieces that really The did, players but, there improved. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going with the Raptors. Ricky's going with the Hawks. You're going with the Bulls? I'm going with the Hawks for the regular season because right. just consistency. They're the freaking uh, Spurs of the East. Come on. That's where Bud Bud learned <laughs> yep. this whole these, yeah. these whole powers here. But let's move on now, and we're going to our second topic here, and it's DeMarcus Cousins. Shocker. He's in trade rumors again, what? mainly because the uh, Kings are terrible. And uh, we're constantly talking about DeMarcus Cousins. They've got Cousins. five centers. Don't worry about it. They don't know, they don't know what they're doing up there in Sacramento. <laughs> but the resurgence of, or the final, sur- the first surgeons of uh Papa John's? Papa John's, I said resurgence, and I'm like, wait, it's not a resurgence. To, you would have to be there. You'd for have it to, to be surge a yeah. first. That's why the I'm emergence? saying the first surge. There we go. Again, Ricky making but, up words. Yeah, here. I'm not. I'm not good the, with the, words. Um, the, the walking thesaurus. Played yeah, six minutes, uh, got a bucket, uh, but and he's got a negative per. Um, <laughs> but does anyone in? Come on, I'm just, it's I, the king. We're talking. We're talking to Marcus Cousins here. Yeah. And, and Demarcus Cousins, uh, there's obviously talks of like when he when he'll be traded. We did one six months ago, uh, a topic on where Demarcus Cousins will go. He didn't go anywhere. But one thing with that yeah. is. When will he be traded? Because there's talks, and I know Ricky brought this up, that you know GMs around the league are saying that they should trade him as soon as possible because when you get closer to the trade deadline, teams are going to be like, all right, well, we got here mm-hmm. already with the team in place. I don't feel like we'll need to make a drastic move to give up a lot to bring in a guy who has known character issues and, and might not take our team that much or that, that, that far. So really, is now the time that DeMarcus Cousins should be traded from the Sacramento Kings? Well, the thing is, and I was mentioning this, like you said, before we hit the record button, is when we get closer to that trade deadline, mm-hmm. teams are going to get a little bit more iffy because this isn't going to be a deal where it's like, oh, let's trade for DeMarcus Cousins, and if we don't like him, he's gone at the end of the year. He still has one more year left on his contract. So... Really, a team that's trading for Cousins is like, hey, you know what? We got to really think about this because if we trade for him and he doesn't work out, we're stuck with him for another year. How's that going to work? And teams, as we get closer to that trade deadline, are going to think about that a little more. Right now in the season, it's still early. Everyone thinks they're a playoff hopeful team. <laughs> except the Magic. Except the Magic. And then and the Sixers. a team... I feel like the Kings could sucker a team into, hey, man, you're right. You are a playoff hopeful. Think about what you could be with You think the Kings are that smart? No, but, I mean, I would love to (laughs) think that they would try that because I would try that. Your logic isn't wrong. You would try that. There's no arguing that. But also the— you're talking about the Kings. Vlade Divac might try that. You might not try that. You're, you're, you're talking about the Kings here that are an inept organization that think Papa Giannis and and somehow they, they made the, the best pick was Scal at 28. But you know that that trade in the draft kind of cemented where I was long when we talked about this, mm-hmm. and I believe that was uh, one of the first uh, one of the first tra- trade deadline talks we 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 came around to where Sacramento is oblivious to what's actually going on. Sacramento can put on and, and bring in a ton of players, and, and no matter what they do, they can bring in Matt Barnes, they can bring in Aaron Aflalo, they can bring in all of these players, but you're not going to bring a superstar or, or, or someone up to Boogie's level to play with them. And, and really, the one thing with that is, if you look at Charlotte, we talked about a team, and, and you have Kemba, and then there's that team around them, and it's who's going to step up and play with Kemba. But Kemba can do it by himself. And Boogie has proven that he cannot do it by himself. And that's really well, just a detriment to the position he plays because also, he doesn't have the ball in his hands constantly. Yeah, and also, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I'm not going to completely disagree with you when you say that the Kings are an inept organization, as mm-hmm. I believe you just said. I did. But uh, the one thing that really, with the Kings, since they got Boogie, and it's like, oh, let's build the team around Boogie. Oh, the draft? Well, yeah, n- not the draft, but... Yeah, look at the NBA. The NBA kind of changed 
while they were trying to do that because it's a guard-centric league now. It's but, all about the three-pointer now. If you are building a team around a big man, you're doing you it wrong. In, you're, 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 in, you're in the old days. Yeah. You're not going to win championships if you're building around a big but, guy. But that's I, why Dwight went to a team that's complete. See, I, I disagree, though, because I, I understand where you're coming from. But the thing is is that you can build a team around DeMarcus Cousins. The thing is is that the Kings are inept that they can't do it. You look at the, the constant slew of draft picks they've had. Ben McElmore, Nick Stauskas, uh, Jimmer Fredette. I mean, they do not know how to draft Meanwhile, the correct guard. They got Isaiah and let him walk. They did. And, and that's one thing is that you can build a team around a, a, a big man. We've Even seen Even Tyreek Evans, right? They drafted Tyreek? They drafted Tyreek, but I believe that was before Boogie. I know. I'm just saying, like, the, so they, they've, they had, had they've had talent and let them walk. And meanwhile, they're holding on a boogie for dear life, and they can't get guys around him. And that's the one thing, is that you say you can't build a team around a big man, but Tim Duncan proved you wrong there. And you well, might, But you might say, yeah. in 2014, though, I mean, yeah, Kawhi had a fantastic performance at the finals. I don't want to take around it, but the, the guy still really helped him. Was, yeah. was Tim, Tim Duncan Tim as well. Tim Duncan, though. though, was a guy who... I mean, he came into the league when we weren't like the yeah, NBA but, but didn't draft they still successful. They still yeah, won well, they in had that Tony time. Parker, they had Mono Ginobili, they then hit on a Kawhi Leonard. They had guys, and yes, it's they're a better organization. We're getting to that mm-hmm. point, but and to be fair, who's the guy who got the biggest contract coming off of that? Danny Green with the three point shooting. True. So, I mean, look, Tim Duncan was one of the last great bigs who you know was a centerpiece of a team, you know, successful, but. I think the the real problem is the Kings organization. I, I'm with you, Sean. I think that Boogie could be a centerpiece to a team and be successful at it, but you need to complement that. You can't just rely solely on him and average, you know, average style. Well, you need to play like similar to the Magic yeah. did with Dwight. With the we need full out shooting mm-hmm. from the perimeter, and then we'll use him. And, and this is the, this is the point that I want to bring up here is the year directly after they drafted Demarcus Cousins. They it was it was the 2011 draft. They had the seventh overall pick. Oh, don't who, do this to me. I hate want, this game. Do you want to know who this they Ben No. Do you want to know who they selected? This wasn't the Ben McLemore draft. Bismack Biombo. All right. Let they traded walk. him though. No, oh, they traded okay. him. They traded him. They didn't let him walk. They traded him to Charlotte. But then they traded. Uh, they, they, they traded. Uh, they they uh, Milwaukee drafted Jimmer for debt. Uh, by the Milwaukee Bucks, and then that got traded to Sacramento. However, guess who the next pick was? Clay Thompson. Oh, guess who went 15? Kawhi Leonard. To be fair, Clay Thompson coming out of college didn't have the biggest hype. Jimmer Fredette was like, "Holy crap, this guy can Jimmer sink it from anywhere on the that's court." That's and, 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 and maybe Clay is is the fit here, and maybe the the, the pick of Steph Curry was like, "Oh, he, you know, he a fantastic tournament was able to back it up." But one thing that I'm saying here is, when did you see Jimmer as a guy uh, that's saying that guy is going to be an NBA superstar? When did you see that? Did you see that twinkle in his eye ever? And I'm not saying you saw that in Clay, and I'm not saying you saw that in Kawhi. He had some in magic during tournament. I'm not gonna not gonna tell you that's wrong, but yeah, I never saw him as leading a franchise. And, and well, one thing, I thought like, and this was me at the time. You got to understand. I'm gonna say it was young, Jimmer Nation. Yeah, it was a young kid. I was still in high school, yeah. and I wasn't really thinking about basketball like I do now. But I mean, looking back, I remember watching, and actually, no, fuck that. That was like early college for me. Um, I kind of looked at him as like the poor man's I at the best, and this is like the best he could have been. Jimmer, poor man's JJ Redick. Like that would be a fucking Hall of Fame type career for Jimmer Fredette. And the one thing though that I'm trying to say here is the next year, 2012, fifth overall pick, they selected Thomas Robinson, power forward, which makes no sense. He you need a guard. So hard, busted hard. Guess who the next pick was? Dame, Damian Lillard, right there. He had a lot of hype coming out of college. I'm just saying, constantly missing. Right after, right after Ben McElmore, seventh overall, you had Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you had C.J. McCollum, you had Giannis Antetokounmpo, you had Dennis Schroeder. You had so many players beyond the line, beyond the line here. You're never drafting a guy who was a ball handler. Jimmy was a scorer. Ben McElmore was a scorer. Tom Robinson was a power forward. You're never drafting a, 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 a ball handler here. And that was the problem, is they thought they could fill that with free agency. But the thing with Sacramento is no Nobody one wants, wants to go to, to Sa- Sacramento. But the reason is, the, the whole point of this is, when will DeMarcus Cousins be traded? And I will say, never. They, they, he they will walk. Sit, yeah. Because they will never trade him. It's a scary thought. I mean, the, the the big thing is, yeah, you're calling them inept. You're saying they're going to waste his entire time there, and they're never going to let him go until he actually ends that contract out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I It's depressing to think about, to be honest with you, because he's one of the most entertaining players in the league. 
Is he irrational at times? Is he hot-headed? Hell yeah. But he also brings to your team a level of passion that you don't get out of guys anymore. Yeah. And there's so many teams who, like Ricky said, early in the season, they're still trying to figure out, you know, where are we at? Where do we fit on the scale? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of these teams who would get a huge boost from getting someone like Boogie. Some teams like Washington, who's a bomb of the barrel team, who we had high expectations for, you put them back together. Charlotte, another one where we talk about having Kemba needing that too. You could put Boogie down low, mm-hmm. and that would be an interesting tandem. Boston, God knows we've talked deep about that. And also, and I want to clarify wait, wait, real wait. quick. It's interesting that you bring up Washington, because who would he be reunited with? His boy, Johnny Wall. Former Kentucky I, team. I want to clarify, though, that we're not we're just throwing out teams that, that could possibly fit. Yeah, we're not, not saying, saying teams that will actually happen. I just yeah, want to I'm make just, that clear. I'm just saying like, that it's, it's interesting yeah, that yeah, you bring, bring that trades, up, because maybe, maybe getting to a Wizards team and being reunited with Wall, hey, who knows? Maybe they uh, say, hey, you know what? Let's work out a Beal for Cousins kind of a trade. Maybe the Wizards do that because of the rift that we see between Wall and Beal. Yeah, and that makes total sense because, you know, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were able to make it work in, in Oklahoma City when, with under Scotty Brooks. Uh, again, remember, Scotty Brooks. Brooks is a terrible head constant. coach. That's, that's a constant right there. Yeah. The, and, the two other teams I had who are possible, which one of them is kind of interesting. Not trying so, to take away your point, Ricky, yeah. but I know what you're saying. Scotty Brooks, you you hate the man. Fuck Scotty Brooks. Yep, yep. My thing is Wall and Beal are no, not Durant sense. and Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, Portland, another team who is struggling early on, who, again, I'm not saying how they would do it. It's just, need big help. It would be an interesting move. The last one is the one, because why not, is Toronto. I thought you were going to say Chicago because Ricky brought up Chicago. I, oh, no, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Toronto because think about it. I know Valentris has been playing up this year, but if you have Boogie down low, that would be a very, very hard team to beat. It would be a hard team to beat, but then that you kind of have the, the who's going to be the guy. And Boogie wants to be the guy. I don't know Demar if you run is that the guy. Demar is the guy, and everyone knows it this season. Like he has cemented himself. But Boogie wouldn't take that. It doesn't look. Look at the stats right now for Boogie and uh, Rudy Gay. Like they both abuse the ball. Like they are both primary dump points for the ball. The ball doesn't get past them. Mm-hmm. So I think that Demar can play a very similar role, but only as a primary to Boogie being the secondary. And Kyle Lowry knows how to play around with that kind of talent. So I think that that would be a very interesting fit and that would put their team like top of the top. It'd be interesting. And, and real quick, I think, I think the the clearest fit here is Boston because one, they have the trade pieces. Absolutely. And, and two, it might be weird to see Horford and, no, it, and, and it, it Cousins. It would be good to see Horford mix. play power forward because he's a true power forward. But, but it'd be, it would be weird just to be, see that mix and, mm-hmm. and see how that would work. But uh, Ricky, yeah. when will he be traded is the question. I answer? think, I don't think he gets traded this year. I think he's either going to. I'm leaning right now. He's either getting traded next year. Uh, are you seeing a Paul Gasol situation? Walks. No, not a Paul Gasol situation. I think that next KD. year will be the deal he gets traded. No, not a KD. That's what I'm saying. Is next year. It's, it's a, he's on his last. Yeah. Here's my four month rental. Yeah. Does anyone want you? That's and yeah. he's and I think that and the teams, Kings are going to sit there and go. No, we're not going to give him. See, I think the and Kings. Hope for us. I think the Kings at that point might say, "Hey, you know what? Let's get something out of him." Because no, because they're going to be delusional back. and think they can resign him. I, they, see, I don't think they will. I don't think they. <laughs> Rick, I think that. I think that the Kings, although inept was a word Sean used for them, I think they the would not word. make that big of I've a got, mistake. I've got a question for you though. They can offer him the most money. So, do you think that that plays something to kind of like Carmelo? Well, th- Carmelo did that. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I mean, I think that plays into the Kings' delusion mm-hmm. and thinking that they can resign him. Because maybe they do resign him, but do you know what, Boogie? That's not going to be what's best for your career. Because oh, people no. will just see you as a constant crybaby, as a constant whiner. If you want to prove that you were one of the best big men in the NBA, you have to go somewhere to it's prove that. that. We're and Sacramento's that. not that place. It's interesting that we're saying in order to prove you're a better player, you need to get out. Because it's it's usually oh well you couldn't do it on your own you couldn't win on your own you're 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 a shitty player and you need well, to rely be, on somebody is else. Is it because he's a big guy? But now no, it's because he's a but five. now it's because effect. I think that plays into yeah. it. But I think it's also because you never have anyone next n- near near him. And I, I mean, think that's Rudy Gay, but that's totally a non-fit. That's no. I think we all know that Rudy Gay's overrated in my mind. And I'll say that I don't think he's gonna blow up like Demar Derozan. Uh, <laughs> the Sean Jinx of the week. One one thing I do want to throw out there, and this team I'm only throwing out there because. Um, I'm reading an article on um, mm-hmm. uh, it's their the step back on fan side of the team that they you mentioned that the Celtics have assets. Well, another team that they mentioned that has assets. I don't really know if they make a deal for Cousins, but is Denver 
because what Denver can do, and this is the pursuit, like yeah. the presumed deal that could be in the package, they have a first round pick they could offer, and then either Fareed, Gallinari, or Jokic. Yeah, and they were all in that package. And they were in uh, talks with Blake Griffin, or at least the rumors last oh, year yeah. with Blake Griffin. They're, they, they're constant talkers. I don't know if they'll pull the trigger. Yeah, what What are your final thoughts on Demar? On Demar? I was going to say Demar. Demar Cousins. He's a superstar. Demarcus Remember we answered Cousins. that oh last time. Two weeks ago we answered that. Demarcus Cousins. What's your final thoughts on Demarcus Cousins? I think early on I thought he was going to get traded, but I think you've convinced me. It's Kings ineptitude as an organization. He's going to sit there and rot. At this point in time, I'm going to say he gets traded next season. Doesn't get traded this year. The trigger gets pulled next season. This is what we keep saying year after year after year after year, but nothing Boogie happens. Boogie talks never get old. And nothing <laughs> will happen. I, I will say that with the most conviction I have. Sacramento will continue to believe that they have a playoff team. They'll continue to draft poorly, like drafting Nick Stauskas in 2014. Again, another shooter, another scorer. Well, scorer in in, in yep. air quotes. Next year, they go out and draft Willie Cauley-Stein, someone who you do not need at all. And then 2016, oh, hey, who'd you draft? Papa Giannis. I'm, Willie Cauley-Stein probably is going to get traded, though. We'll see. I think he's the odd man out. We'll I see. think there's value. I, and I think there is value. And I think he's going to be a very good player, especially when he gets out of Sacramento, because Sacramento <laughs> is a worthless and pathetic organization. But anyways, happy thoughts. We're going to <laughs> college now, and we're going to be talking about should college players really be sh- going away from the one and one, one and done. I'm going to say one and one. The one and done here. Should they be going away from the one and done of, all right, I'm going to go play my one year in college, then I'm going to go to the NBA. Because we've seen this year that the 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 kind of effect on rookies or the the lack of effect that the rookies have had on the NBA game, and really the one rookie that is playing mm-hmm. out of his mind is Joel Embiid, and the other one that's playing well is Sarich, who I believe was drafted two years ago, and he was more of a draft and stash, and he was a draft and stash, and we haven't seen the guys like Brandon Ingram because he he's been injured a little bit, but isn't getting that many minutes. Ingram's saw, just not, yeah, they're holding him back, we saw, or he's holding himself back. Yeah, we saw Ben Simmons get injured as well, so he hasn't been really playing. Jalen Brown's been playing limited minutes. Should college players be more worried of the one and done because we've seen the effect that waiting has had on Joel Embiid? I, I think that it's an interesting case because Joel Embiid is a completely different man than he was when he was drafted. When he was drafted, he was, he was a boy. A very, he was now a boy. he's a man. There, there you go. Uh, I, I want to go It's Always Sunny with you right now, but Puberty. I can't. I'm going to I'm gonna keep it positive. Uh, look, he, he, was, he was skin and bones. He was skin and bones, and like he's put on probably like 50 pounds of muscle. The dude is insanely jacked now, mm-hmm. and if he came in the league how he was as a rookie, he would have got pushed around by Everybody, there's no way his body wasn't able to sustain that kind of daily beating, and there's no way that he would have been as successful as he is now. But looking at the progression of his growth and looking at these one and done players hit the NBA and don't see that immediate success, we see Brandon Ingram, who looks you know like a skinnier version of KD, which is scary to think about because that's like you, mm-hmm. you know the name Slim Reaper already. Come on, yeah, like dude has nothing on him. So. I'm I'm concerned about the health because I think that when you see the multiple year players come in the league, they do a little better off the bat. You know why? Because they have a fully developed body. They have a body that can withstand the beating of the NBA. They can go day to day. They can do back to backs mm-hmm. without worrying because they're already built. So I, I think a lot of it comes down to that. I'm not even touching on the mental. The the it's just purely physical at this point. They know their game. They and I think that helps too because you're not trying to go out there and be like. I'm everything. I'm an all-star. I'm fantastic. You're, you're like, no, I'm a developed player. I know where I'm at. Yeah, there's room to improve still, but it's not that big level over your head. And one thing I want to throw out here is I'm looking at the, the minutes per game for, for qualified rookies. Top 10, you have Sarge, who was a draft and sash. You have Andrew Harrison from Kentucky, who played a lot of time mm-hmm. in Kentucky. You have Joel Embiid, who obviously we, we've been talking about. Brandon Ingram, a true rookie. Sabonis. Waited two years in Gonzaga. You had Buddy Heald, obviously, was a four-year singer, senior at Oklahoma. Malcolm Brogdon. Played multiple years at Virginia. Chris Dunn, multiple years at Providence. Jamal Murray, one and done, like uh, Mr. Brandon Ingram. And then also Wade Baldwin, who waited years uh, in Vanderbilt, I believe, as a sophomore. So we have two true rookies in the top 10 in top ten of minutes per, per game for rookies that are really playing. I mean, we were not seeing the effect of the rookies here. And, and you know, you brought up Brandon Ingram. I mean, is health like a really a, a true concern for most of these rookies? Well, it's one of the things where I love how you said, well, oh, he's a boy. Because, yeah, coming out of college, they're still boys. They're not men. And I know that one of the big things is, oh, well, if they go to the NBA, they can get 
around the they can around the clock train. They get the NBA trainers with the NBA weight rooms that are better than schools have. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's good, but doesn't that kind of put your team at a mm-hmm. disadvantage? That, hey, we're gonna draft a guy, but oh wait, we gotta wait for him to basically use our weight rooms and build up. I'm looking just at last year's draft and the big thing that we need with the one and done, I think it needs to be not amended, but our philosophy as a culture needs to change. Because if you are a LeBron James, if you are a Kobe Bryant, if you are a, I'm even going to throw Carl Anthony Towns from last year because Carl Anthony Towns went number one overall, and he actually looked like yes, this kid can play in mm-hmm. the NBA. If you are a talent like that, then fine, cool, go to the NBA after one year. But I think the biggest problem is that these kids, it's not a fact of, like Dave was saying, with the, oh, I'm too big for myself. They don't have the ego like that. No, some do. but Some do, but it's more of the, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the NBA, then go to school because I'm going to get that paycheck so Mm -hmm. I can help my mom. I can help my dad. How many stories do we hear about that? Year after year, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is. Peyton Barber obviously sticking out from Auburn this year in the NFL. And the thing that I just, I think of is like D'Angelo Russell. He was a guy who, I mean, he came in and his was a little different because he came into a Kobe team that was on the last tour of Kobe, also had the Tank Commander. Tank Commander. And um, Jaleel Okafor, he's another freshman where it's like, hasn't really performed like we thought he would. I mean, even look at Justice Winslow, 10th pick overall, a guy who I had overhyped. And the big thing that I think needs to happen with this is, like I said, the culture change needs to happen to where we need to make it to where college players don't feel like they have to go to the NBA mm-hmm. just to get a paycheck to help out mom, to help out dad, to help out the family members at home. And the one thing I draw back to, and of course this is going to be me drawing from my own personal experience, the student-athlete kind of mantra that they put out there, worst thing for college, worst thing for college sports because you can't, pay, you can't pay him. He's a student-athlete. But I worked at my radio station in college, and I got paid. I got paid like for, like what was it, 500 bucks a mm-hmm. semester. Oh, I can get paid because I'm not an athlete? This guy can't because he's an athlete. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and one thing too with with going in back back to a little bit about the the minutes too because I mean it, obviously pay comes into a lot of it because I mean a lot of these kids they, they do come from rough rough situations mm-hmm. and basketball is their escape and that's what they look for to get them out of these rough situations so they can get help their family get out of these rough situations and and, and that's one thing that that really sticks out for these players is that this is a way that I can I, I can escape. This is a way that, one, I can just start making money in, in general, too, because, you know, I'm not making money here, and I can play the same exact game and get a lot more money for a lot quicker. College sure. is not actually for learning. It's a stepping stone to get paid. Yeah, and, and kids can always go back to college, too. I mean, that's, that's the thing is these kids are like, all right, well, if I do want to get into broadcasting, I can just go back, and I can just get that degree then, and then ESPN will pick me up because I have – NBA experience, and I have this this degree from Duke. I'm just using Brandon Ingram as an experience, but you know, Brandon Ingram, he goes to Duke. He's able to go back to Duke because he's like, hey, I played for you guys there, and you know, he, he has a little bit of a relationship there. Now he's Plus got, he got the NBA paycheck too. Yeah, and now he's got a now he's got a broadcast. He's got the ability to pay for it. He's got the broadcasting degree from Duke. He's got experience in the NBA. I mean, these kids would be stupid not to go. And I think I think obviously the thing that that should come from is either. Compensation for these NBA or for the these college players, mm-hmm. or, or an actual just cutoff where you have to say, all right, you need to play two years, or, I think or extend two, the play. I think two years would be the best because the I I think it's by that after that second year mm-hmm. into that third year, that's where we really see like okay, this guy has really come into his own unless he's like a LeBron James or who, a Carl Anthony Towns, yeah, who like came out of well, I wouldn't put Carl Anthony Towns on the level of LBJ maybe Anthony Davis, out. yeah. But, like, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, if you're generationally, like, okay, sure, but then you can't say, oh, well, you can go, but you can't. Right. You're good enough, but you're not. I do like how we're using LeBron James as, a, as an experience, even well, though he, he, skipped, he skipped college. Uh, but, well, yeah, it's one of, that's, that's the point. That's the no, thing. Yeah. That was the rule then. Like, and I would even say if another LeBron James came around 
and he can come. If you can come right out of high school, why not? But it's one of those things where not everyone can do that. And one thing looking at last year, too, is maybe the rookies just aren't good enough, and maybe the rookies are just completely different here. Because looking at last year, if you take the most minutes from the the, the true freshman going, doing one and done, it's mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram playing 22 minutes. You compare that to last year, looking at what these rookies were doing, currently the Towns was playing 32 minutes a game. Moutier was playing 30. If you, put him, if you slide in where Brandon Ingram is now, he'd be... 10th right now below Miles Turner who is averaging 22 minutes per game. Brandon Ingram is is pretty much barely making that top 10 there and, and that's one thing is that these guys aren't making significant impacts and I don't know if that's because of their minutes or Parts I don't know if it's fit, because of their I actual think, talent. I, I think part of it is fit on the team too. I mean that Lakers team is a very interesting team the way they built up a, as, a, as a shooting core. And they're core. not rushing anything. And they're not and they have no need to so mm-hmm. I think they can afford to slow roll him. Uh, the thing that I'm thinking is that Look, if we have a situation where we have to draft off of pure, like, hey, this guy has potential to be amazing, but we've seen him play 30 games, and you have to make a decision off of 30 games at that one year of progress and just hope that you guys kill it, we see a lot of these bad cases where, look, I'm looking at the Suns right now, and they've got two guys that they drafted in the first round, you know, between Dragon Bender and... Uh, Dragon Bender. And Chris. Marquise Chris. And Marquise Chris, where it's like... Look, both these guys, I mean, Bender, thankfully, overseas, so he mm-hmm. got a little bit more sight. But Chris is like, yeah, we watched him play for a year. He looked good. Uh, great, great. Looked and, athletic. Yeah, he looked athletic. Literally, yeah. his game is undeveloped. Like, he, we, we talk about it a lot. He was one of the most raw prospects beyond Jalen Brown. And it's it's hard because the NBA teams then suffer for the poor product because they don't get a good chance to evaluate talent. Well, and the one thing I'm going to mention is, Sean, you, before we hit the record button, we yes, were kind of thinking, like, oh, well, what kind of rookies are right now performing well? And you threw out the name, you're like, it was kind of as a joke, but it was Yogi Ferrell. And the thing I look at that is, has he been playing bad? Not terrible. Yeah, he's on the Nets. They're terrible overall. But he's a a guy where, how many years did he play in Indiana? More than one. Forever. Forever in Indiana. (laughs) Came out as, like, and that is a veteran college player coming out. And right now, like he's the one that we say, like, oh yeah, I guess he's having the best, uh, the best season right now. At least putting like, up points wise. A guy that a played. guy that I was hyping in the preseason for the Cavaliers, Kay, Kay Felder, Felder, wasn't a freshman. But he's also, but also with Kay is is that he's he went to a, a team in Cleveland that doesn't need him right I now. I mean, fit, yeah, at fit all. matters a lot when yeah. when it talks to NBA teams. And, I mean, my they, boy Don Sabonis, dude, Sabonis landed in a city where. He needs to stand behind a three-point line and make smart decisions. Mm. Guess what? He, he He's a fantastic ball handler, too. He gets to show that off a little. But he's he's built up that game. He didn't come in with a fantastic shot. He didn't come in with great hands. It took time in college to build that. And that's I, I think that's what we're seeing is that two-year mark. I, I don't want to say three because three seems extreme. Yeah. But after two years, you have a better idea of their game. Look, after two years, guess what? Uh, your, your favorite boy, you know, mm-hmm. Wooden Award winner, Buddy Heald, wouldn't have been shit. He wouldn't have got drafted after two years. No, no yeah, because the whole thing with Buddy Heal that they made a huge deal about at the end of last season was he had to basically retool his shot. He was shooting yep. with the wrong hand. And the one thing with Sabonis is he... Isn't that ridiculous to think? He <laughs> playing basketball the all life. Wrong There's a couple guys who have done it, though. I know, but it's crazy. Thinking and then it. phenomenal. Anyways. But with Sabonis, he was a guy... He was with Gonzaga for a couple years. He yeah. didn't just play and then, Dad boom, also he's a former out of NBA there. player, too. Yeah. But, I mean, helps. it's yeah. one of those things where, I mean, look at Steph Curry. He was a guy that was at Davidson a couple of years before he came out. It's Dad also an I'm, NBA player. I'm not I'm not saying, well, even Clay Thompson, too, Dad yeah. an NBA player. Maybe you just got to be a son of an NBA player or a WNBA player. But the thing that I'm not trying to say, like, oh, you have to stay this many yeah. years to be successful because everybody is different. All three of us are different in every single way. It's just not everybody can play one year of college and then transition right to the end. Yeah, nobody, not everybody has that developed talent already. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it might be punishing to some people, but for a lot of people, it's the better route. But like we said, we need that NBA cooperation with the NCAA in order to ensure because I don't want to see somebody lose out on their livelihood because yep. they had an injury, they busted an ACL in college because you forced them to stay another year. And Greg Oden too. I mean, you could even say oh like him coming out early and then 
I mean, obviously this isn't anything really doomed but, to fail. But I, I mean, feel, but yeah. he 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 comes in and now he's labeled as a bust. But I mean, he made the right choice because if that injury, if any of his injuries happen in college, he's screwed. Oh, yeah. He doesn't get a paycheck at all. So then Greg Oden has to go, you know, back to back to school. He has to go find some insurance job or something. And and, and you know, we don't know what happens to Greg Oden, but at yep. least Greg Oden does get an NBA contract and he does get some compensation. And that's something yeah, too. Them. But re- real quick, uh, the final thing I want to mention on is. Just imagine if Joel Embiid is currently in college. Current Joel Embiid. The, the love of domination on that, is insane. On that Kansas team that I saw go up against Duke, oh. Uh, that's the Joel Embiid show. Yeah. Sorry, Josh Jackson. That's 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 the Joel Embiid show. But then add Josh Jackson to that team. Do you think like, anyone oh. else is touching that ball besides Joel Embiid? Oh. Yeah, Embiid's dropping like 50 in well, I mean, who's loaded He's like Embiid, Embiid no, might have I mean, to take seriously. a water break for a minute every now and then. I don't know about that. Maybe he's, like, maybe like, he, he's maybe killing like himself on this minutes restriction. He's like going nuts on the bench. Can yeah. I throw out one interesting thing? Yeah, this just is the final thing. This? Yeah, this is the final thing. I want to go back 2003 draft class. Let's say LeBron went to college for the one and done rule. And I thought about this earlier this so week. So if the rule was adjusted. If the rule was yeah. in place and he couldn't come mm-hmm. out of high school, LeBron would have went to college. That means coming out that 2003 draft, if like he didn't come out that year and had to be in college for the year, Carmelo Anthony would have been in Cleveland. Milicic would have still been with the Darko. Pistons. Darko. Chris Bosh would have went to Denver, and D Wade would have went to Toronto, and then Chris Kamen would have been. We well, don't Miami. know that, but I mean, it's, if just and, moving everyone then, up, also that, because Melo would have been the number one pick. That also LeBron means wasn't there. that also means LeBron's going to Orlando, and then Dwight Howard is going to Milwaukee. The repercussions because, are kind of crazy because that means then Milwaukee's taking him number one overall, overall number one overall uh, besides Andrew Bogut and maybe the Orlando Magic survives without uh, with with Tracy McGrady and LeBron James. Heard those guys were pretty good. Good God. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's gonna wrap up this episode of the Fast Break. Uh, we're, we're really what we're saying is is there needs to be some compensation so kids are not feel feeling like they're forced to go away from college because mm-hmm. it's know, a win ha- all around too. I mean, really. it makes the, it makes the game better. It makes the product better. It makes everyone's lives easier. And look, then we get better competition. NCAA builds dynasties again. Seriously. Mm-hmm. We see the NBA get better draft picks. We don't draft off of, he's a raw athlete who maybe can learn how to shoot a ball. Yeah. And, and it's, that's something that's crazy. I think that Carl Anthony Towns could still be playing on Kentucky right now. And, and could you imagine that team? Could you imagine Joel Embiid on Kansas or, or Ben Simmons still on LSU? Mm-hmm. Crazy to think uh, of what's happening. We're also thinking, I'm thinking, at least but Boogie Cousins isn't getting traded. D- Dave <laughs> saying it's gonna it's gonna happen. Ricky's saying it's gonna happen. Uh and we also we also talked best teams in the East, but also that's gonna wrap up, but also anyways, that's gonna wrap up this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. Thank hey. you, Ricky, for joining us as always. Thank you for watching. At Say, oh home. yeah, there's a camera here. Don't, this for, week. don't forget to check out patreon.com slash most podcast if you want to see more video podcasts like this. And also don't forget to check out Twitter, don't forget to check out Facebook and all of that good stuff. Like, subscribe. All that fun stuff for but for Dave, for Ricky. I'm Sean. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.